Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQBD in San Francisco, I'm Nina Kim. Coming up on Forum, California will partner with nonprofit drug maker Civica RX to produce its own insulin, a major step in the state's ambitious plan to make low-cost generic drugs under its own label, CalRx. There's no state in America, none, period, not one, that comes close to doing what the state of California has done on health care. Governor Gavin Newsom also announced Saturday that he plans for the state to manufacture naloxone, a drug for reversing opioid overdoses. So how soon could all this happen? We dive into California's effort to become the first state to make affordable prescription drugs. Join us. Welcome to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. California is on track to become a big player in the pharmaceutical market, not as a buyer necessarily, but as a maker of prescription drugs. Last Saturday, Governor Gavin Newsom announced a contract with nonprofit drug maker Civica RX to make low-cost insulin for people with diabetes under the state's own label, CalRx. What this does is a game changer. This fundamentally lowers the cost, period, full stop. And if I'm an insurer and I'm receiving some for $30, conceivably, they may eliminate the copay completely for something that costs so little. We're talking about lowering the costs on an annual basis, 10x in some cases. We take a closer look this hour at CalRx and the impact it could have on lowering insulin and other prescription drug costs even nationwide. Joining me now is Angela Hart, senior correspondent for Kaiser Health News and California Healthline, who's been following all of this very closely. Angela, welcome to Forum. Good morning. So tell us more about this deal Newsom just announced with Civica RX. What does it do? Yeah, this is uh, this is a few years in the making, what you just heard from the governor. Um, and what what this really is, is California diving in a very big way into the generic drug market. And it's doing so with a couple of different big prongs. The first is uh, contracting with an existing drug manufacturer who is making generic uh, insulin in California, um, otherwise known as a biosimilar. That's just the technical term for generic insulin. Um, and then long term, the state is really looking to make a big splash by actually producing its own 
generic drugs and standing up its own manufacturing facility. And why is the state doing this? What need is it responding to? The governor has made healthcare a very big component of his administration. Um, can't help but, you know, when he first took office in 2019, hearing this always rings in my head um, that he wants to be the healthcare governor. And yeah. I think we've seen a, a, just a slew of big initiatives from his administration in this vein, and this is one of them. Um, so when he entered office, he really started out by challenging um, the existing pharmaceutical marketplace and, the, and, and as he talked about it, Big Pharma, um, saying he's going to come after them. And California wants to really take them on in a, in a big way by reducing drug costs. So I think that's where it started. Um, importantly, however, this really uh, got teeth with a bill that was introduced a couple of years ago in the California legislature by uh, former state Senator Richard Pan, who's a doctor, a pediatrician. Um, and he actually introduced the bill that has put California where we are today, producing and contracting to make its own um, generic insulin. Um, and that legislation specifically calls for California to make um, uh, to make insulin, but not just there, doesn't stop there. The state is also looking at a menu of other generic medications that it can begin producing uh, in the future. And why is insulin a good one for California to start with? It sounds like he said a savings up to 10 times in some cases. It sounds like insulin's costs are very high. Mm. Uh, Yeah, this is a big uh, kind of hornet's nest. nest. Um, There's a lot of uh, there's been a lot of price spikes uh, within the um, U.S. insulin market. There's three major drug manufacturers that dominate the market and control it. That's Eli Lilly, uh, Novo Nordisk, and um, Sanofi. And they really, what we've seen is major price increases. Um, it's hard to pinpoint how exactly they've gone up, but one pharmaceutical pricing expert I spoke with said they've gone up 2,000% in the last few decades. Wow. Um, and so I think why insulin? Because this has really been subject to market um, factors, market manipulation, and so many people need, right, so many people with diabetes need this drug to live. And so when you have a drug like that, that's so in- incredibly important um, to sustain life, and it really gives sort of a, an upper hand to the drug makers who are making it and to really write um, sort of carte blanche to charge whatever they can. Um, I will say, however, there's a little bit of a the ripple in that pricing war. It's not just the drug manufacturers who experts point the finger at for dramatically spiking prices. It's really the entire entire pharmaceutical distribution chain that shares the blame and jacking up costs for consumers. Yeah, I understand that California is suing the major insulin manufacturers and also alleging other things as well about, as you say, other players in the market who play a role in pricing drugs. One of the things that I was struck by in reading the complaint, though, is that nearly 10% of California adults have diabetes. That's around 3 million or so. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, uh, three, 3 million California adults age 18 and over, that's 10% of the adult population. Um, and this is, a, this is a growing disease. This is, you know, diabetes is on the rise. So I think that also does factor into why insulin um, in California. And to the Attorney General Rob Bonta's com- uh, lawsuit against the major manufacturers, um, he names them 
specifically, but also the, as I just mentioned, the, the distribution um, chain, which is, you know, really what we're talking about is how these drugs get into the hands of, of patients. Um, he's going after the three uh, middlemen companies that also dominate that space. Those are known, it's kind of a wonky term, but they're called pharmacy benefit managers. Um, and just sort of defining terms, yeah, they, that they are also to blame um, for, for jacking up the prices. So the attorney general is going after not only the makers, but the PBMs as well. So how much would the state-branded insulin cost? I'm seeing projections of $30 when it would be available, which would be in a couple of years. Yeah, so the, the governor, um, uh, you know, pulled no punches on this. He uh, very clearly stated and promised, I would say, that a vial of insulin, there's lots of different like types and products of insulin, but a vial um, in its many forms would be 30 bucks over the counter um, available um, as an interchangeable drug. This is, think of it as almost like a replaceable drug. So if you have a brand name, you know, Lantus, for example, um, if you have a prescription for that, you could go to a pharmacy counter, the idea is, in California and say, hey, I want the generic form of this. And there wouldn't be a need for a new prescription. So that interchangeability is extremely important. This is really new in the insulin space. Um, and so, yeah, 30 bucks a vial. Um, and then for a box of five injectable pens, um, 55 bucks. Um, and these price marks really follow um, the price set by Civica RX. This is the um, generic drug maker that California has handed this contract to to work with the state to produce this generic insulin. Um, they're based in Utah. Um, and they really dove into the generic slash biosimilar insulin market um, a year ago. It was March 2022 when they announced that they would um, begin making um, these different, three different types of biosimilar insulin available widely. So I think <laughs> I've been speaking with the Civica uh, officials for, for years now, and I think it's no, no surprise that they announced this price point. And then, you know, fast forward a year, California has the exact same price point. Mm. It's and a it's lot a, cheaper than a lot of drugs um, that, that are available um, over the counter now. Yeah, I, I was seeing uh, 300 to $500 sometimes for a vial or a yeah. box of injectable pens. So yes, $30 is quite a bit less. I would mentioned I'd sort of thrown out a couple of years in terms of um, when this could start being manufactured and so on. But but give me a sense of, yeah, when could that happen exactly? What are your, what are you hearing? And then when could it ultimately get on pharmacy counters. Yeah, let me just explain just briefly about how this might work or how this is being promised to work. Um, just a, a little caveat, I would note that in addition to the price spikes, one thing California that's really driving the state and the Secretary of Health and Human Services for the state, Mark Galley, has talked about this specifically. Many patients increasingly are skipping their drugs or rationing their insulin. So that just is another component I think is important to mention. Um, getting into how this is going to work, um, Newsom was asked this question over the weekend, when will it be available to consumers, to patients? He said 2024. Um, this drug, uh, these drugs still, there's a lot of work that still needs to be done on getting this up and running. Um, the contract is inked. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen the contract. Um, Civica is in place to begin production, but they haven't even began producing it yet. They are still in the processing phase. The 
they still have to go through an FDA approval process. That can take, experts tell me, about 10 months. Um, and then the state, you know, really has to figure out how it's going to get this product into the hands of patients. Um, there's important questions that the Newsom administration hasn't answered and hasn't really explained clearly, which is, you know, how are they going to get this drug out in distribution channels? Um, how are they going to convince pharmacies, for example, to carry it? insurance companies to cover it, for example. So, like, I just, I think it's important to understand that while the drug would be available to anybody with diabetes over the counter for 30 bucks for a vial, um, you know, that that's, that's largely a benefit, I think, for people who are uninsured, importantly, who don't have, you know, who can't pay for the high cost of health care, or people with high deductible health insurance plans. Um, but in order to really distribute it this widely as the state intends to, they really have to figure out how they're going to work within the existing pharmaceutical um, distribution chain. It's extremely complicated. That involves these, you know, PBM, these middleman companies. And um, there's also <laughs> making matters even more complicated. There's three more primary distrib distrib distributors, companies who primarily distribute. And it's unclear to me how the state is going to work within that framework. Hmm. We're talking with Angela Hart, senior correspondent covering healthcare, politics, and policy in California and the West for Kaiser Health News and California Healthline. And you, our listeners, are invited to join the conversation. What are your thoughts about California's foray into prescription drug manufacturing? What questions do you have about it? Do you or does someone you know rely on insulin? Have you struggled to pay for it? Are there other prescription drugs you've had a hard time affording? Give us a call at 866-733-6786. Email forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. And we'll have more with you after the break. Stay with us. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about California's ambitious plan to produce more affordable generic prescription drugs like insulin. And you, our listeners, are invited to weigh in with your thoughts on what prescription drugs you'd like to see California produce. Do you rely on insulin? And if so, have you struggled to pay for it? 
What are your reactions to California's foray into prescription drug manufacturing? What questions does it bring up for you? Email forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum, or call us at 866-733-6786. 866-733-6786. The listener writes, long overdue. Another listener we have on the line is Kevin Wren. Kevin Wren is a resident of Sacramento, also somebody who lives with type 1 diabetes. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me. So I understand you were diagnosed in 2001. Can you tell us about about the role that insulin plays in your life as a result? Yeah. Um, I was diagnosed in 2001. Um, My dad has type 1 diabetes. My grandma was diagnosed when she was 19 back in 1949 as she lived for over 50 years with it. Um, I use it every second of every day. I have an insulin pump that gives it to me constantly. Um, the price for insulin back when I was diagnosed was reasonable, around $25, which is around what we're proposing with um, Governor Newsom's announcement. Um, but it's exploded. I mean, like Angela said, it's increased almost 1,200% over the last 30 years um, to no great benefit. Um, and these insulin manufacturers make two-thirds of um, that $300 vial. Um, it costs $5 to make, and yet... Um, we're rationing and, and dying. Um, I rationed back in 2009, mm. um, back when the price was around $200 a vial. Um, I was paying out of pocket and trying to make it stretch as long as possible. Um, I felt terrible, I'm physically sick, lethargic, spacey. Um, as I was juggling rent, food, um, and my insulin. Um, and nearly one in four with diabetes in America has experienced this. Um, it's widespread and with over, you know, 8 million with type one diabetes in America, this is, this is a true lifeline and will help regulate a market that has been non-competitive for years and years and years. So this is, this is a historic win and like a truly transformative. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing your experience of having to, to ration insulin. And I have also seen some similar statistics about the number of people who have to do this and the incredible health risks associated uh, with with doing something like that. So then what is your reaction to to the governor's announcement Saturday? And are you optimistic that California can pull it off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, I mean, again, truly transformative. And I mean, we've been tracking this back in 2020 um, when Senator Pan introduced the bill um, that made it through. Um, and when I was living in Washington, Washington State, um, we tried to pass a similar measure to look and see if the state could make an investment like this. Um, but it was beyond the scope of Washington State. And Really, we needed a big state like California to make this kind of investment and um, help influence the, the, the market for um, drugs because it is untethered and we need some kind of um, utility um, applied to it because, I mean, again, insulin is not alone. Um, tons of drugs are priced beyond um, what is considered reasonable. So insulin is a poster child, but there are many other drugs that can be lowered um, through um, the state's actions. So this is, this is 
just a big step. Yeah. Yeah. And can I ask you how you pay for insulin now or if it's covered for you? Yeah. So um, I am in poverty. I'm in unemployed. Um, and because of my disability, I get um, Medi-Cal. I don't pay out of pocket for my insulin, which is what it should be. Um, but just because I'm in poverty and with a disability does not mean I should have access to these medications. I think all people should have that. And this will lower the cost for people that pay out of pocket with good insurance. Um, it'll help the state afford drugs um, and not have to, you know, pay into the game of um, high insulin prices. Um, this will affect premiums. This will help everybody mm. um, except for pharmaceutical manufacturers. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for talking with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you for the time. And thank you for covering this. Kevin Wren of Sacramento, also a patient advocate and volunteer with California Insulin for All. Angela, I'm struck by what Kevin just said also with regard to why this makes financial sense for California, that essentially if California can drop the cost of insulin, it also just saves a lot as a buyer or as a purchaser, as someone who needs it for its population. Yeah, totally. Um, Governor Newsom has made no bones about the his underlying desire, um, you know, with the, the generic drug uh, sort of war to lower the costs in healthcare. California is a major purchaser of drugs of healthcare services. Um, Medi-Cal alone, which Kevin is on, this is 15.4 million Californians. That's a third of California. That um, roughly of patients, low-income patients who rely on the state's Medi-Cal program to provide um, health insurance. Um, Then we talk about people who are incarcerated, you know, the the correction facilities, the state purchases for that, and the CalPER, you know, the public employee retirement system. The state is the university system. The state is a major drug purchaser. Um, so I think, you know, the governor often talks about the rising, his concern about the rising cost of healthcare and drugs and beyond. Um, he is making gargantuan steps to try and lower those costs through a number of other initiatives, um, you know, from, you know, from going after high costs of, you know, homeless people in the emergency room, for example, and really trying to get the healthcare industry to lower um, how much they're charging. And, and so this is one, I think, piece of a broader puzzle that the governor is trying to solve. Well, we're getting reactions from listeners. Paul writes, kudos to the state for valuing lives over obscene corporate profits. Let me go to another caller, Nikki. Hi, Nikki, you're on. Hi there. Um, I've had diabetes type 1 since 1989, and I have been fortunate to have coverage through my employers. But I really worry about um, the idea that there's like a generic, you know, easy over-the-counter insulin because it really needs management by a physician for the proper dosing. Because if you, I mean, it it can be fatal if you don't um, if you don't have enough insulin, then you go into high blood sugar, uh, or if you get an overdose of insulin, and that can be a quicker way out with hypoglycemia. I'm now a diabetes educator nurse, um, and I help uninsured patients at two community clinics. And, you know, there's patient assistance programs for our insulin-dependent 
patients. But, you know, I, I would like more information mm. from your guests yeah. about, um, because, you know, one vial of insulin, you know, has 100 units of insulin per milliliter. And, um, you know, well, there's 10 milliliters in one vial. But let me just tell you, there are some insulin-resistant patients who might take, you know, 100 units a day. It's, that one vial is not going to last some people very long. Well, Nikki, so, let me, yeah, let um, me ask Angela. Is what the state yeah. is doing going to disrupt at all this, the doctor-patient relationship or their ability to make sure that they're getting the right kind of insulin and the right kind of dosage and all of those kinds of things? You know, the caller brings up a really good point, and I think that this is something the state health officials and the governor are going to have to make more clear. But, yeah, I can absolutely speak to that. So you still need a prescription. You're still going to have to, um, you know, go to either ensure you're still going to have to see your doctor and get a prescription. I think the trick where California is trying to solve here is, I mentioned that term earlier, interchangeability. Um, That's extremely important. So you could still... You still need a prescription. You just don't have to get a new prescription if you have one for a name brand product made by one of these major, you know, Lilly, Sanofi, or Novo. Um, you can take that prescription and go to a pharmacy counter and ask for the, the biosimilar version. So um, I hear the caller's point. I would, I would say this isn't, you know, any, you know, random person can't just walk up to a pharmacy and say, I want insulin. No, it doesn't work that way. You still need a prescription and you still, you know, depending on what your insurance or uninsured status is, you would still have to see a doctor. And I think um, in terms of how the state's going to be marketing this drug, that's an extremely important thing that they're going to have to make clear to people because this is going to be widely available. They're talking about pharmacy counter and male pharmacy now. This is going to be a drug branded with, you know, CalRx branding, you know, California Golden Bear maybe on it. So um, the state's going to have to have a whole marketing push behind it that explains exactly how, um, patients are going to get it. I want to just step back really quickly and have you remind us, Angela, about the state's larger initiative, CalRx, what it is. Um, and and the governor has said that it's going to be a game changer j- just generally. Can you talk about whether or not he's right? Absolutely. Yeah. So let me give you a, let me let me give you a few just kind of specific examples that I pulled from my reporting about the price spikes because I think the price spikes really are driving the governor here. Um, so we saw a product made by Eli Lilly, a major insulin manufacturer, um, for one of their popular drugs, go up 64% in a four-year period from 2013 to 2017. A Sanofi product, um, 70% price hike from 2014 to 2019. Uh, Novo product. 52% price spike over that same time period. And I think that is really what is angering the governor. His, you know, he gets visibly heated, his nostrils flare, you know, he gets, he really believes there is a market failure here that California, 40 million strong residents with a major purchasing power can solve. And um, I think I've talked to experts about this, um, pharmacy uh, and pricing experts who um, you know, who point to California as being part of what's driving um, these industries to pay attention to what's going on in California. We've seen those, that, those trio of companies voluntarily cut their prices. Um, those announcements were made just in the past month. Um, and I think that California, what experts tell me, is that's part of what's putting pressure on them. 
It's also coming from politicians in Washington and patient advocates like Kevin who are saying enough is enough. No more. You shouldn't be making money. You shouldn't be making profits over, you know, over this life-saving drug. Um, I would also say, importantly, California isn't looking to, like, own the market here. It wants to make, and, and Sipica tells me this, too, it wants to make a, a drug, this insulin product, available at a fair price, right? But the price spikes or the price cuts, excuse me, that we've seen from these three companies, that's not a, for their insulin products writ large. They're, that, this is a voluntary move that affects some of their products. So California is looking to say, hey, listen, we're going to make all of you know, these three um, types of drugs available in different forms available at cost. And if the industry is going to follow us and try to cut costs even more, that's a win for the state. It's a win for consumers. And we want to we cause market disruption. So I think the pharmaceutical industry is paying attention. Um, I spoke with pharma about this, and you know, they basically pointed the finger at the governor saying he's playing politics here because he's not going after the real drivers. And they sort of, there's a lot of finger pointing in this game. They point the finger at the middlemen companies who you know, are negotiating um, with the drug makers for discounts on drugs and rebates. The problem is those costs aren't always passed on cons to consumers. And so consumers end up, you know, sometimes paying higher at the pharmacy counter or paying higher in their insurance premiums. So there's a lot of like gaming of the system here that California wants to really shake up and say, no, we're not going to play that game anymore. Yeah. Um, and if I could, I'll read one thing that the governor, he sort of addressed this. He, 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 he sort of danced around the idea that California is going to, you know, take on not only the drug makers, but the entire distribution and, and supply chain. He's saying with CalRx, unlike private companies, we're getting to the underlying costs. And here in California, the price is the price. CalRx will prevent, quote, egregious cost shifting that happens in traditional pharmaceutical price games. It's going to cost California 30 bucks to make and distribute, and that's how much the consumer can buy it for. So I just I say all that to explain that California and the governor really under, I think they understand the complicated systems that are driving up these costs. And I think the goal is not just to bring down the cost, but really to get the industry to look at what's happening here and pay attention. Well, let me go to caller Carrie in San Jose. Hi, Carrie, you're on. Hi. Um, we have a family friend whose partner has um, is going blind because he can't afford um, his type 1 diabetes medication, and he rations type 2 medication that he gets. Um, and it doesn't do enough to help him. So this is a really important issue. And he's landed in the hospital several times um, because he could go into diabetic comas, and it's really sad. So I'm glad that the governor is paying attention to this issue, and I hope that some of the more expensive other drugs that um, diabetics and other people have to take that they can't afford and end up rationing or the focus of, the um, uh, other drugs that he focuses on to um, to help people. Oh, Carrie, I'm sorry about your friend. Thank you for sharing your friend's situation. Another listener writes, similarly, the side effects caused by lack of insulin include blindness, kidney failure, and vascular disease that cause amputations, all of which force users into disabilities, costing taxpayers. This is a huge savings for taxpayers in many ways. 
I want to bring into the conversation now Robin Feldman, professor of law and director of the Center for Innovation, UC Law, author of Drugs, Money, and Secret Handshakes, The Unstoppable Growth of Prescription Drug Prices. Robin, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. So we're hearing about the incredible need, the essential nature of insulin drugs, the kinds of effects if people don't have access to them, and yet it is at a prohibitive cost. Angela Hart explained that the governor seems to understand all the different things that are at play that makes insulin so expensive. But can you explain a little bit how these three companies have been able to keep pushing the price up? The price of insulin products in this country is a great burden on patients and on taxpayers. In this country, we pay five to 10 times more for insulin products than other OECD countries around the world, which is a, a stunning factor. The market is dominated by three companies that control 90% of the market. Um, and these three companies together move in lockstep so as one has raised prices, others have raised prices together, and the entire market mm. has been lifted. Um, the, the rise over time um, is, is just truly remarkable. So if you look at Humulin, one of the drugs, one of the Eli Lilly drugs that the company just announced it would drop the price for, that was the first um, product of its kind introduced in the United States. It was introduced in 1982, and the cost was 50 cents. Hmm. Well, we'll get to more of how that 50 cents turned into something like two to $300 a vial right after the break. And again, we're talking about CalRx, the first step in California's plan to produce affordable generic prescription drugs like insulin. And we'll get into after the break how it could help address the nation's drug affordability crisis with Robin Feldman, professor of law and director of the Center for Innovation at UC Law, and also with Angela Hart, senior correspondent covering healthcare politics and policy in California and the West for Kaiser Health News, and of course with you, our listeners. Stay with us. You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're getting into why insulin is so expensive and also how California's foray into manufacturing it could make a huge dent on the price of insulin. We're talking with Robin Feldman, 
Author of Drugs, Money, and Secret Handshakes, The Unstoppable Growth of Prescription Drug Prices, Professor of Law at UC Law, and Angela Hart, Senior Correspondent Covering Healthcare Politics and Policy for Kaiser Health News. You, our listeners, are also sharing your questions and experiences. Email forum at kqed.org. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at KQED Forum. Call us at 866-733-6786-866-733-6786. Just before the break, you were talking about how this is a drug that has been around for a long time and that Eli Lilly in particular, when it started to put out its own, it was 50 cents or so. Now the costs are incredibly high. Robin Feldman, do you also want to just talk about how the patent process plays a role in allowing the prices to go high as well? Well, companies have become adept at piling new patents and new protections onto their drugs that keeps cheaper competitors from making it to market. Um, They're also able to use agreements with middle players that are kept very secret to make sure that if competitors got to the market, they wouldn't get much traction and they wouldn't get very far. That system gets in the way of having the type of competition that can bring prices down to rational levels. Well, we've seen recently, and we've had a couple of people asking about this, um, some comments that I've seen so far, about how these companies have lowered the prices. And Angela has touched on some of the reasons behind Eli Lilly, Novo Nordisk, and Sanofi's abilities to do that. Um, But do you see this as a concern for California in terms of undercutting California's efforts? Well, any price reduction is good for patients. Anything that that makes it easier for people to access their medicines is good. But in this case, I think the companies are trying to do well for themselves by doing good. They are definitely acting in their own self-interest. Here's what I see happening. These companies are feeling the drumbeat of competition from California's impending entry. And to do that, they've lowered prices on older drug products, not the latest and greatest and the fanciest products they're trying to push everybody into, but the but the older products, hoping that that will take some of the wind out of the sails from California. California, however, is likely to have prices that are lower. And if you step back from the system as a whole, California's goal was to bring prices down in any way possible. If they are able to bring prices down by creating the competition that makes companies bring their own prices down, that's wonderful. Well, I should tell listeners that we did reach out to Pharma, the major national pharmaceutical company trade group, to participate in this conversation, but they did not respond to our request. But this is writes with California's economic clout as the fourth largest economy. This will be a game changer for the affordability of healthcare as it extends beyond insulin. Larissa tweets, my insulin costs went from $80 monthly copay in 2022 to 250 a month in 2023. This was a Blue Shield California decision to take my insulin from tier three to tier four. I was told by Blue Shield that my costs went up because I could take another insulin instead of the one I currently take, one that works better, faster, and is unlike any other insulin on the market. What do you think about Larissa's experience, um, Robin Feldman, what Larissa is describing here? So I, I don't know Larissa's particular drug, 
But I can tell you games like that that are being played in the system. So the drug companies come out with the latest and greatest drug that's got, got new innovations and is much more expensive, but may not be what every patient needs or what every patient affords. Then the, then the drug companies and the middle players strike deals to try to push patients through their health plans onto these more expensive drugs. So let me give you an example. Um, some of the new products coming down the pike are um, insulins and pens that have very fancy apps for your phone that will calculate what you need when and send you messages and all kinds of things. That is wonderful for some patients. But there are also patients who are not in their 20s and may not find it so easy to operate an app on their phone. And there are patients who simply can't afford that type of a product. By pushing patients into these more expensive products and cutting off the other options, pharma continues to help its own profit line. Middle players are able to siphon off large dollars. Patients and taxpayers pay the price. Well, Bargo writes, once again, California and Governor Newsom have been an example of compassion and inclusiveness. I am proud to live in California with this expansion of the Covered California Health Plan and wish other states would step up as well. The divisiveness that our country is experiencing now can only be healed by reaching out to those who are less fortunate. Margot is optimistic here, but what you're describing just sounds like such an entrenched system. And Angela Hart raised earlier her real concerns about California's ability to work with or get around some of these entrenched systems that you're describing around pricing. Pharmaceutical industry is not an easy industry to disrupt, but California is a very powerful player. First of all, they're a governmental player, which puts them in a different kind of position. Second, they command a very large percentage of um, customers. Um, and I think what California do is doing is, has, is one of the most exciting moves I've seen in the pharmaceutical market for a long time. Well, let me go to Gina in Santa Clara. Hi, Gina, you're on. Yeah, hi, thank you. Um, I wanted to also say um, it's very important because so many people have diabetes and I have multiple sclerosis and my uh, drug monthly is $7,000 every month. And I am disabled because of the MS. I'm on Medicare. And even with Medicare Part D, my cost is $270 a month. And there are many autoimmune diseases, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, many of us who are paying in the fat, well, not paying, but the cost is, the, is thousands per month. And if you don't have insurance, you can go to the, um, to the drug company, and oftentimes they will send you the drug. But if you're on a government insurance plan, such as Medicare, they are not allowed to, uh, to help you pay or to pay. To, to pay for the drugs for you. So you're stuck with your, your copay. Mm. Well, Gina, thanks for shedding light on that. Let me go to caller Ryan next. Ryan in San Francisco, you're on. 
Hi, thank you so much. Love the show, and thank you so much for this great conversation today. Um, my, my comment slash question was that it's fantastic that California is making this move to make things more affordable, but it really, as the previous caller said, there's so many drugs, and right. there's so many drugs that have right. high price of markup. My question slash comment is that why has the government really not stepped in to stop this? Because if other OECD countries of comparable nature don't have these types of you know prices, like why why are we in this situation that we can't really just untether ourselves from these law, these high prices? Can the government, in a national level, do something? Because I know people are suffering all across the United States, and that's just my comment and question. Thank you so much. Uh, Ryan, thanks. Yeah, Robin Feldman, do you want to talk a little bit about the U.S., the federal government, and what it's doing about these kinds of things? Well, I'll start by saying the pharmaceutical industry spends more on lobbying in Washington than any other industry. There are more pharmaceutical lobbyists um, registered in Congress than there are members of Congress. That's a powerful force um, to try to work with. We have seen some movements, however. The Inflation Reduction Act has key um, provisions that relate to pharmaceutical pricing that can be very helpful. Each of these steps is a small and important step, but we have a long way to go before we have a rational um, market for our pharmaceutical prices. And um, it is shocking to compare the prices of drugs in the United States to other countries. How do you, how do you tell someone? Oh, sorry. Yes. No, no, go right ahead. How do you tell someone in Chicago um, that they should buy a drug for hundreds of dollars when their cousin in Toronto is paying $30? The, the system makes no sense. What do you see as the most promising or potential reform that that the federal government can create? I think there is no silver bullet. I think it will take several important steps. One are the types of steps that are happening in the Inflation Reduction Act. Second are the types of disruptive things that you see states like California doing. Third has to do with reforming some of the middle players who are able to siphon large amounts of dollars out of the system, dollars that come from the pockets of patients and from taxpayers. That system needs to be reformed. And then on a more technical level, the patent system needs to be um, addressed as well that allows lots of protections for drugs um, in in ways that um, a patent system shouldn't. Even if they're making very minimal changes to the drug formula itself? Well, that really is is the problem. Um, companies make small tinkering changes to drugs, such as changing the dosage from 20 milligrams to 40 milligrams, or changing from one type of, of um, pill or coating to another that doesn't have any effect in, in the patient. It's not any better in a patient's stomach or anything like that. Those small changes shouldn't qualify for a patent um, if the system were paying attention to it, those are those are really obvious adaptations of technologies that are out there. But many of these patents are approved, um, and then it gums up the system. Trying to get those patents overturned takes a long time, costs money. All of that discourages competition. All of that gums up the market. We need to clean that system up. Because it gives them this period of time of exclusivity in terms of their drug. It helps to, it, the exclusivity blocks other players from coming into the market. Right. When there's nobody else competing with you, you can co- keep ri- raising your prices unchallenged. Again, we're talking about California's ability to 
create affordable generic prescription drugs, inject some competition into the market to challenge big pharma, and how it's doing this with insulin, signing a contract with Civica RX for the state to manufacture insulin under its own label. We're talking about it with UC Law Professor Robin Feldman and also with Angela Hart of Kaiser Health News. And you are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. So Angela, we've touched on this a little bit, but just tell us a little bit more about the next drugs that California could also manufacture. Naloxone was one that he revealed last Saturday as being on the list for California. Can you share a little more about what he had to say about naloxone? Yeah, and I think this actually goes right to the um, previous two callers' questions and comments specifically. So yeah, the governor did announce that the state's going to start producing next um, naloxone, the opioid reversal medication. And I think, like, on a bigger picture, this is in line with the governor's broader, you know, strategy to really go after the opioid crisis, particularly as it's, um, you know, as it's playing out and in, in, in the homelessness crisis that the state is facing. So that's next. Um, but um, I just want to point, like, the one caller pointed out um, MS and and rheumatoid arthritis. Um, there's a number of other drugs as I'm talking to experts and that state health officials have weighed in on saying, hey, what else can we do? What else can we make? And state officials have talked about other drugs like high-priced drugs that are subject to market manipulation. And um, it's consulting with experts like those at Johns Hopkins, for example, to really look at what makes sense for the state. And I think they're just kind of grappling with how. what else besides um, insulin, which is a $50 million contract, what else can we make for, there's an additional $50 million to stand up the state's production facility. Um, and some experts I've talked to have suggested RA, um, rheumatoid arthritis and, and MS drugs specifically. Also, you know, potentially high-priced cancer drugs, drugs that might be, again, subject to not just market manipulation, but that could help, you know, a lot of Californians. So, I think the state is really in its infancy right now and what it's um, what it has publicly announced. There is a lot of negotiations going on behind the scenes, not only for insulin, you know, how the state's going to get this product in the hands of patients, but then what's next and how is it going to really continue to try to shake up this industry? Yeah, so it's really hammering out the criteria and it's trying to understand what the state can can conceivably do and do successfully, it sounds like. Well, Ken writes, as a pharmacist, I'm thinking that Governor Newsom's plan to have California make its own insulin won't make sense once either President Biden's plan takes effect or California's insulin becomes available. Suddenly, the big three manufacturers will drop their prices to remain competitive. I agree with Governor Newsom's goal. I just think in the end that it makes no sense to recreate the wheel. Besides, California has a never-ending supply of issues that need addressing. Uh, well, I, assuming California is successful in doing this, Robin, what are you hearing in terms of other states' interests in doing this as well. So I would step back and, and say, if, if the effect of California coming into pharmaceutical markets is that pharmaceutical companies across the board slash their prices, that seems to me a very good result. 
The goal is to increase competition and to bring prices down. If that's successful market-wide for Californians, um, what a great success. Um, in terms of other states, um, the hope is, as California goes, so goes the nation. Other states could look at California as a model of how they could manage pricing in their own states. Um, other states could conceivably join together with California, perhaps in regional um, negotiation and pact agreements in which um, the states are, are working together. There are, there are many possibilities out there. It is one thing for the pharmaceutical industry to be able to wield power in Washington through powerful lobbying. It is more challenging to apply that to the federal government and to 50 states. Angela, California-produced insulin will be available, or the, the idea is that it would be available nationwide, right? So, well, so it would be available statewide at first, but um, to Robin's point, yeah, other states are already watching California. So I think what California is doing can spread, you know, um, extraordinarily. Um, for example, Washington um, officials have talked about having conversations with California. They want to produce and potentially contract to make insulin. Uh, Michigan's governor um, and Michigan lawmakers are looking to contract and begin production. Um, there's other states like Maine that wants to do it. So there's a lot of states who are watching California. And um, and I think to the other point that Robin brought up, you know, those price cuts that the brand name drug makers have, have taken on, that's voluntary. They can easily pull that back, and also, if you know, and also, you know, that's not to that's not that doesn't um, cut the price for all insulin products. So, I think California, you know, wants to remain a steadfast, you know, player here and really continue to amp up the pressure on the brand names and on other states to follow suit. Well, Lee writes, I was diagnosed last year with adult onset type 1 diabetes. I was able to get a continuous glucose monitor and a tubeless pump that work in concert. It is a life changer. My concern is that so many people can't afford this technology. Well, Angela Hart of Kaiser Health News and Professor Feldman, Robin Feldman of UC Law, Director of the Center for Innovation there. Thank you both. And thank you, Susie Britton and Caroline Smith, for producing today's segment. Thank you, listeners, for listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.